Hello and welcome to Sketch in Review. Uh, this is we are doing the review for the Zoe Kravitz episode of SNL uh, about a week late because I no, was no, on. No, no, this happened yesterday. We got... <laughs> yeah, yeah, this definitely <laughs> happened yesterday, and we're putting it up like three, like a week and a half late. I like to imagine that our audience is exclusively people that uh, didn't have the chance to catch it last night. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just get the rundown. Which mm -hmm. ones are good? Which ones are bad? Uh, yeah, so let's hop right in. Uh, we've got a cold open for... It sucked. Uh, it was good until it wasn't. Oh, wow. What was the, what was the, what was the good part? I missed it. I must have blinked. I don't know. I think, I think Biden calling himself the landline of presidents was funny. It was. You're right. It was. Um, I think uh, making fun of the girl who did that poem... I guess I'm I'm too much of a dorky old Grizzo to to fucking get that. Oh, this random CW actress put out a uh, put out CW. a poem where she was where she said, "If I was your mom, I would have loved you more, and maybe you wouldn't have invaded Ukraine because of it." Damn. Damn. <laughs> I kind of just want to watch that video. Oh, you really don't. It's not good. <laughs> I think the cold open know, might got, be better. That's got very like early internet energy though. That's got like some leave Britney alone energy to it. I'm 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 very I need to know. But without any of the irony. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh so the gimmick of the sketch is Biden has a bunch of TikTok stars on to you know, show how we can beat Ukraine because this is the first war fought on TikTok. <laughs> Uh, and so they bring a bunch of the famous TikTokers, which are like that CW actress, uh, Charlie D'Amelio, but the wrong one. <laughs> uh, the nine-year-old girl who does animal makeup, and then three other people, I don't watch TikTok, so like, already the, already the sketch is like, I don't have the baseline knowledge to understand who each of these people are, and... SNL, well, SNL does, like, understand that most people, that, like, most people who are going to watch SNL don't have that baseline. They then have to waste, like, a third of the sketch for each person to be like, hi, I'm blank, and my thing is blank. Yeah. And then we can do the jokes about blank. It's true, it's true. And, like, they don't have to do that. Like, they could just... They don't. They they have done sketches where, in the joke, they more or less give you all the information you need for it. But in this one, they just had zero faith in the audience <laughs> <laughs> because they're they're. I mean, in fairness, I think the overlap between people that watch TikTok and people that watch SNL is uh, it's not. It's 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 probably a lot in terms of you know people numbers, but like there are like dozens of them. Old person. Or it's always been an old person show. It's been an old person and dork show its entire existence. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, SNL was only funny when you were in high school, and then it got bad. <laughs> That's a uh, fact. SNL was always funniest whenever you were 15 years old. <laughs> uh, it's like Dane Cook. He was always funniest when you were in middle school. <laughs> 
All right, but so, uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it bad was, cold was, open, was, but like you know, every oh, wait, <laughs> oh, that one fucking part I thought was sorry, I'm playing with the tape roll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that one fucking part where uh the 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 girl that does the uh uh the face painting says some like uh QAnon shit, and then uh <laughs> Biden turns to the audience and goes. Who would have known that that kid was alt right? Uh, and I was like, "Shut the fuck up!" That's the joke. We knew that. That's literally the whole joke. You <laughs> need to say it. It was right there. You're not Mikey Day. You can't do it funny. <laughs> Speaking of which, I saw I saw a bit of Mikey Day's new show. Is it Cake? Oh, oh my god! We need to do a show on that. Oh, uh, we it. absolutely do. It's a it's it's not it's a game show, in which. Uh, you bring in a bunch of bakers, and you show them six podiums of stuff, and they have to guess which one of those six items on the podium is actually a cake. And then whoever gets it, and then whoever gets it right has to bake, has to make a cake in the shape of one of the items on the podium. Huh. Huh. Okay. And then I fell asleep, so I don't know how it ends. <laughs> all right i'm gonna i'm gonna fill in the blanks on how this one ends um a series of judges are called in and they find out who made the best cake and then there's a scoring element for how close it looks to the object honestly maybe because i remember fortune feemster also showed up at one point and her and her... <laughs> watched the show but i've watched literally any competition show ever so i was able to fill in the blanks there <laughs> Anyway, yeah. It doesn't end with somebody with Mikey Day saying you should bake a cake. Anyway, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Wouldn't it be cool if you guys baked a cake that looked like this? Next time on Is It Cake? <laughs> anyway, yeah, the cold open, not that good. Uh, you know, cold opens are always a 50 50 shot, and if it's good or bad. Yep. Uh, anyway, we'll move on to the monologue. Uh, it was an alright monologue. You know, as, as the monologue hater, I guess I'll start. <laughs> I mean, it, listen, it's fun. Uh, monologues in which the cast get involved is always fun, because at least it guarantees that the sketch will have some sort of momentum and flow for the monologue. So, it oh. was, it was cool. It was fun to get, you know, the... Two different versions of Catwoman, and then a Cat Lady, and then the ultimate subversion of uh, of our rule of three to go for a fourth Cat Williams joke. <laughs> the best part of that entire monologue is that they were like, "These Cat Women and Williamses." <laughs> Chris Red does an amazing Cat Williams, as it turns out. God damn! It was it was very good. <laughs> Uh, I think, I think, you know, it was, it was fine. It was fun. You know, they had some good jokes. All in all, uh, you know, it's not a monologue to write home about, but it was serviceable. It got the job done and it told, and it made me giggle a few times. I really do love the, uh, when someone, uh, when someone suggests like, uh, when the crazy cat lady shows up and she's like, I've hosted SNL a ton of times in my mind. But in my mind, it's called Saturday Night yep. Cat. <laughs> and then 
Uh, Zoe Gravis is just like, why not Catterday Night Live? Damn it. So it's it's like some jokes just work. Though that's one of those jokes that just kind of like any anytime you can put that exact setup in any like situation and it'll always generally work. <laughs> it's just like it's just a fun goofy joke and we love it. <laughs> I liked uh, I liked uh, I liked all the Catwoman references. I, I liked all the uh, it was it was good. The jokes were funny. It was a good it was a good moment. Made yeah. me smile. Uh, so then we move into the wedding speech sketch. Uh, so, so it starts off with Chris Red up on, up on stage and he tells like a joke of just, <laughs> I, I always looked up to, uh, Kyle Mooney's character, but that's just cause he's two inches taller. Anyway, love you guys. Thank you. Fucking <laughs> Mikey Day just comes up, <laughs> comes up. <laughs> Still munching on cake, and he's like, "Yeah, he just came up and said like three sentences for his speech." <laughs> it's a, the best part about this bit is that it opens as if they're showing you the end of a long of a regular length speech, and then the guy undermines that by saying, "No, no, no, that was the whole speech what you just saw." <laughs> it's a good bit. Very good bit. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, next up is uh, so so uh, in that in that sketch, uh, after Chris Red comes up, uh, Zoe Kravitz comes up to do the maid of honor speech, uh, in which uh, she does the maid of uh, her maid of honor speech is just if you don't love her at her worst, you can't love her at her best by describing all this horrible horrible shit about Cecily Strong's character. This one, I it's so wild. Like, this was uh uh, it, it like SNL is so afraid to be edgy all the time, <laughs> and then they just bet it all on this one. <laughs> yeah, true. They did. They did. Listen, here's the thing. SNL has one of two options in every sketch. We're either going to be safe, or we're going to the end of the earth, <laughs> and there is like, no in between. The- some of those jokes I wasn't even sure about. Like, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought uh, oh, it was so great because it was just, because it just slowly, it was just such good character building where each thing you're like, it oh, can't it get much worse. And then it just kept getting worse. I mean, god damn. I mean. Shit, like, <laughs> it's start. I mean, they just, yeah, like, listen, she, she was not, she was, they, they wanted you to know this was one horrible one. But then she was also, I don't know, but then also, I don't know. That I I'm sure it missed the mark in ways that I'm not qualified to properly uh <laughs> illustrate, but like uh but they went out there. I'll give them I'll give them give them props for trying. Listen, there are some very quality lines. You're not a monster, you're his math teacher to about her about her husband. <laughs> God damn. Oh. And then we oh. get a and then we get a please don't destroy boy in a live sketch because of it i love that they put i love that they put him shoulder height at the table yep. i love that it works why do we just have so many children on us because <laughs> you need people who can play young true that's true uh, uh overall overall it was uh, a it was it was a big sketch it went real hard and i uh, and i appreciate that um, I'm gonna need to uh, gonna need to check the survey to see uh, whether or not I missed the mark. 
Uh, yeah. Also, I will say that this is this is the monologue that Zoe Kravitz basically should have had for her monologue. Not in not in content, but just in the fact that this sketch is basically just a monologue for her with yeah, little tidbits. No. And she can deliver a monologue instead of being what was I didn't mention, but like what was essentially a wet blanket in a fun monologue. And I don't, I she she can be fun, so I don't know why mm-hmm. she had to be the wet blanket in that. Yeah, so maybe I, she just can't play straight man as much as she can play like fun goofy character because every time she's a fun goofy character in this she's she's just she's so much fun mm-hmm. she definitely she definitely is able to take the weird and roll with it yeah uh so after that we get the amazon go commercial which i don't know how this was not a sketch before this week yeah it's a good point it's like it's just such a solid like joke that i can't believe that nobody touched on this <laughs> Until so. until now, <laughs> so uh, so the entire premise of the joke is uh, Amazon Go. For those of you who don't know, is Amazon's uh, reaction to HBO Go, in which HBO Go was a service before HBO Max, where you could watch HBO shows. Amazon Go was a food store for when you couldn't get on Amazon's uh, d- uh, Whole Foods Weird delivery. delivery yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so the gimmick for Amazon Go was this is a supermarket that's going to set up shop, and what you do is you scan in, you grab the food that you want, and you walk out, and it'll just charge your Amazon account. No lines, no checking out, no paying until, you know, it hits your Amazon account. You know, for a seamless uh, shopping experience. Which, all the white people in the sketch take for, they're just like, yep, all right, perfect. We're going to do it, and it's fine. And then uh, all the people of color in the sketch are like, this is a, this is a trap. You want, <laughs> me, you want me to grab a food, put it into my bag, and walk out of this store. <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's very, very good. Uh, it's so, it's <laughs> solid. It's so solid because it's just such, like, a very obvious joke. And it's just masterfully delivered by everyone where they're all like "Mm, no (laughs) yeah and this sketch along with the i think no not the next sketch this sketch along with the it just it just shows that like first off having a bigger snl cast is just only good for everyone uh and also having a uh more diverse snl cast means that we can make these we can make these sketches in which Mm -hmm. we have more than one black person in which we have we don't need to cut to one person making a different joke each time we can have different people making different. <laughs> it just and then you know this probably probably like the probably the reason why we didn't get this until now is because we needed to wait for us to just keep on getting more diversity in the cast mm-hmm. and it's just like uh, but the joke the jokes the jokes fucking quality the uh dismukes has like, a great I, mean, I would <laughs> This mute says a great yeah. one-liner in it, too, where uh, him and Zoe Kravitz are a couple. And they're like, and Zoe Kravitz says, oh, they have my favorite kombucha. He says, oh, okay, grab it. And she's like, you grab it. He's like, what do you, grab it? She's like, no, 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 you grab it. And then he grabs it and he just turns to the camera and he's like, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this mute. I just, I love, I love when Chris Red is looking for cameras, yelling, uh... <laughs> yelling that he returned I, the I put turkey. the sandwich back, I want a different one. <laughs> or Keenan, oh. or Keenan tipping the machine. <laughs> yeah, it's a tip. 
<laughs> I mean, let's be real. It's a weird idea for a store anyway. Yeah, listen, I, I was not a fan of it when I heard it, too. Yeah, born with all of the benefits that we have, we would not be comfortable going into the store. Imagine, imagine if, imagine if, if we perceived real-world consequences instead of imagined consequences. Mm-hmm. Our imagined consequences, oh. no one listens to our podcast. <laughs> no, that's a real-world consequence. No one listens to our podcast. Hey, we have ones of listeners. <laughs> it's a if it's you're a, it's a if, if you're a listener of uh, of sketch and review, email us at billyhatemail at gmail dot com. Please email us. I check <laughs> any anything at all. <laughs> Just let us know you. <laughs> Uh, all right, so after the Amazon Go sketch, we move right into uh, the recurring nerd sketch. And so this sketch is just, it's always the same thing where Kate McKinnon plays the super nerdy boy, and then A.D. Bryant plays his best friend on the phone while uh, Kate McKinnon tries to navigate a teenage sexual experience. <laughs> and no matter And no matter what terrible, terrible advice or, like, the direction that Kate McKinnon's character takes the advice in... It always works somehow. <laughs> it's just, there's something so funny about, first off, the way Kate McKinnon, like, sits for most of the sketch with her neck fucking not visible. <laughs> it's cheap so perfectly. And A.D. Bryant also does a, a perfect nerd, and the two of them together just do so, they play off each other so well. And I just like <laughs> there's like it, it doesn't it doesn't SNL isn't that weird thing, but they sell it so well where Kate just goes like against all odds that worked. <laughs> I this is my first time seeing one of these sketches and I I, I could watch it all day. It's so good. <laughs> so good. It's think... also just like you're <laughs> dorks, but you want them to win. And they win. <laughs> and it's great. It's <laughs> I think I think my favorite was was after uh, after Zoe Kravitz's character uh, said like you know I just I'm done with jocks I want nerdy boys or women. Game <laughs> again just turns. We've got them. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, quality sketch. Check out if you haven't seen any of the other ones. You should try and track them down. I don't know what they're called on YouTube, but if you just look up like Kate McKinnon SNL nerd sketch it'll probably come up <laughs> yep uh so after that uh we move to uh a princess and the frog sketch yeah i think people like this movie i haven't seen it because i've seen like every seventh disney movie but uh i've heard i've only heard good things uh yeah, I, don't know. I I feel like it's one of those where like it came out and then there were just better Disney films that came out after it. Okay. Uh yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Hey, listen, uh, like I haven't I haven't seen uh, a Disney movie in a long time. The last Disney movie I actually saw was uh, that I saw fully through was I watched The Little Mermaid when me and Teresa were like looking after her niece for a night. <laughs> But that's the, uh, I the did... worst world in Kingdom Hearts one. Oh, 
And uh, and also, uh, yesterday I was with my niece and nephew, and I watched, like, the first half of Encanto. Hell yeah. <laughs> I live... I don't know why I haven't been uh, uh, keeping up entirely with Disney Animation Studios, because uh, they're... Uh, I just love that. I, I, I saw Moana so many fucking times. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Princess... I liked Frozen 2. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the person that liked Frozen 2. Oh. Uh, anyway... So, uh, I will say that I'm glad that we get to basically start off this sketch with Chris Red's... Oh, man, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I've gotten to, like, whenever I'm hanging out with people and someone says, that's crazy, I'm like, you're Chris Red right now. Oh, I do I yeah. do love that they played really hard into no one really knows anything about Princess and the Frog when Chris Red is like, oh my god, it's Captain Hook and Keenan has to be like, no, I'm the I'm the bad guy from this film. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna talk about it. I need to talk about it. The the whole thing of this sketch is that she's She's uncomfortable because uh, the frog doesn't have a penis. And we're getting a lot of fun how frogs reproduce jokes, which is the kind of niche humor that I love. That said... These comedy writers need to stop watching the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I'm just, I'm gonna say it. They need to stop watching Animal Planet because, because between this and the monkey sketch... <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but hear me out on this. Logistically speaking... If you thought you were gonna fuck a frog, what would it matter whether or not it had a penis? It's not gonna be big enough to do any work. Well, it's listen, I think I think there are also other logistical problems with the sketch because, if I remember correctly, Princess and the Frog. The entire point is, is that she kisses him, and then she turns also turns into a frog. Right? Is that true? I'm pretty oh, sure that that's the gimmick of the whole film. Is that instead of Instead of uh, him turning into a prince and they live happily ever after, she turns into a frog and now she has to get the curse broken too. Oh, we should watch this movie. Yeah, listen, uh, listen. that's what I got from seeing the advertisements for it. <laughs> also, the people that made this and us should probably watch this movie. <laughs> Here's the thing, I think Andrew Dismukes did see this movie because, <laughs> because at the end... He just shows up as Ray, the mosquito from Princess and the Frog, and does his Cajun accent for like for like an extra thirty seconds at the end, just to have a rant about how he this is the worst Disney character ever made. And he's competing with the Jim Crows, so like, that's <laughs> a that's a, a strong. Like I was thinking about that all the way up until fucking uh, what's his name. Uh, 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 Weekend Update, um, Colin Jost was like, uh, uh, <laughs> made that, uh, 90 years of Disney movies joke. And I was like, yeah, cause like, cause it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, you're really cra- scratching the surface with the Jim Crows. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking A. Anyway, Ooh. this was like, a, yeah, it was a fine, it was a fine sketch that somebody wrote after watching a documentary about frogs. Yeah, I really wanted to. I liked, I, I just watched a documentary about frogs and they were like, I just really want them to say 
all this shit about frogs. Because people need to know. <laughs> I just want someone to enthusiastically say all this shit I learned about frogs. And you know what? That energy, that energy could carry a sketch. It didn't carry this one. Um, but, like, in any other night, this sketch would have been, like, pretty good. The only reason I don't like this sketch is because this this night has so many winners in it for me. Yeah, you know what's wild is when I saw it live before we did it, before I did the rewatch with you, I was not too hot in this episode. And then on rewatch, I think, oh, you know what? No, there are good parts. I love I love most of the parts. Yeah, honestly, I do too. I think this this and maybe one other is probably like the weakest parts. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, anyway, so we move on from that to a please don't destroy sketch in which they, uh, the please don't destroy boys get a cat for Zoe Kravitz. And then uh, as Zoe Kravitz enters into the room, they have lost the cat and chaos ensues. I love their chaotic internet energy. <laughs> it's very good. It's, it's, it's the kind of shit that I watch or used to watch when I, before I ran out of shit that wasn't good, that was good. Uh, it's just, it's very good. It has such winners in it. Like, why did we, why did we ask them for the smallest, fastest cat they had? Zoe Kravitz can do that amazing turnaround from like, just like regular person being like, oh, hey, you, you guys got me a cat? Into uh, they show they show the picture of the cute cat <laughs> and said his name is Mr. Snucklebutt or whatever and then like really intense but goofy intense takes out a net <laughs> and says let's find this cat. <laughs> a lot of great recurring bits where she keeps capturing him and some dude that apparently makes movies climbs out from the sofa. He's also he's also a writer on SNL. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Paul Dano, Paul Dano uh, apparently is living under the Please Don't Destroy Boys' couch uh, because he's writing a movie about them called, <laughs> called th- basically Three Sad Virgins Again. <laughs> the boring writers. <laughs> and then you so get, and then you get that solid, and then you get that solid rug pull where they step on the Lego set and you just hear a snap and everyone goes dead silent and it's like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And they milk it. They milk it for just enough time that you think that that's how SNL's going to fucking end the sketch for a second. And then it cuts down (laughs) and it's just the Lego set and you can breathe a sigh of relief. And then Zoe Kravitz gets her... (laughs) Oh yeah, they open a drawer and there's... No, it's just a dog. It's just a stupid dog. And then they close the drawer. (laughs) So good. The Please Don't Destroy Boys are always quality. So fucking always quality. This one wasn't unusually. Oh, what about we got you a we got you a cat woman woman cat. This we got Ant Ant Man and Ant Man Man Ant. Oh my god. So good. Fuck, that's so good. And... <sighs> uh, yep. Uh, so next up, we've got uh, the Video Will sketch, which is just quality acting by Keenan Thompson in this. Doing the, yep. doing the fast oh. forwards live. <laughs> anyway, so the gimmick is uh, Zoe Kravitz oh, uh, and Chris Red playing her brother and Ego 
playing their mom. Uh, they find uh, a videotape that has uh, Keenan's video will on it. And uh, basically, basically, it's just, you know, it's just he slowly admits to, like, we're not like worse and worse shit, just weirder and weirder stuff. It just slowly gets down. Where it starts off with him saying, like, I'm broke. Uh, I lost all my money at JB Smooth's gambling. <laughs> which which they managed which they managed to rules of three with because which is wild it was like a solid rules of three too because they they dropped that little line where he's like yeah i lost it all gambling with this specific guy and yep. chris red even makes a throwaway joke like man i downloaded that app for him last week <laughs> it's, it's so wild how like sometimes snl's just on top of it with like like they they can go weeks where like none of the sketches are are like they, are, there's are, just like small <laughs> technical problems that fuck over every single joke and then they have this week where everything's so on point mm-hmm. everything like they do they do good rules of threes they've got they had fucking punchlines in the in the last uh, in the uh in the the wedding reading the wedding uh, speech one there's just this really solid punchline where uh God, who plays the husband? Is Kyle it, Mooney. It's not Kyle Mooney. Kyle Mooney also is a fucking chameleon sometimes. I can't tell you. <laughs> but uh, uh, <laughs> Kyle Mooney is just like, uh, I'm going to die. <laughs> just like... Yeah, listen, they had solid endings for this episode. Uh, this is great. This one is just so good because eventually uh, eventually he goes on, Keenan goes on to uh, start talking about a movie that he made, Dallas City Bouncers. And he starts describing it. And Ego just says, I'll just fast forward through it. Uh, and then they click it. And then Keenan, who's performing on the second smaller stage with a camera on him for the audience and stuff, is just very quickly doing different things so that it looks like they're fast forwarding through. Yeah. Oh, it's just solid. Solid jokes. There's a, there was a... Do I you, wish he played a little bit more with the penis pump while he was uh, 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 fast forwarding. Oh, yeah. If he just... Do, 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 do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just like do a fun thing. I mean, but like it it is just wanting there to be more jokes in a thing that has a lot of great jokes. Like it's it uh, Yeah, this one this one's a solid. This really one will go on a best of if they still made those. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we make them for them now. You yeah. need to find, you need to google each and every one of the sketches. <laughs> but we'll give you vague names of them or YouTube titles depending on how we're feeling. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so really solid, uh, solid sketch. Uh, next up, we get uh, Rosalia's first song. Um, I like. Listen, uh, song not not in my genre, but it was fine. It seemed like it seemed like people enjoyed it in the audience. Uh, I do have two questions about her wardrobe choice. <laughs> One, why is she only wearing half the jacket? It's the vibe. It's the but what's vibe. but but what is the vibe exactly? I I'm I believe the vibe is walking home from a sexual encounter. Okay, to phrase it in the most clinical way I can. Okay, but then why are you only wearing half a coat? Wouldn't uh, it Wouldn't it be easier to put your other arm through the coat so that you don't have like half of the coat flapping behind you, falling off of your other shoulder because it's not. 
properly put on? Literally, yes. But you're trying to put together that whole, like, I just fucking woke up and I'm just trying to get home vibe. That's why she's got those, those fucking, uh... At, like gym socks over the like that was the, uh, that was my uh, other thing was was, was like why is she wearing white socks? <laughs> That's the bit. It's the bit, Dad. You don't get it. I guess I don't. <laughs> I guess I don't get it. You're right. <laughs> I, I like it. I, listen, think it's, I think it's a fun. Listen, thing. I think I'm late for my yelling at clouds appointment. <laughs> uh, also, I really like the song. Uh, it's 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 a kind of music that I really like, but uh, don't listen to enough on Spotify because uh, uh, being adventurous on Spotify does not jive with my uh, needing to get work done while listening to Spotify. <laughs> so unfortunately, I need to listen to the same thirteen songs that Spotify has decided are my only song. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I think we'll it's, work it I think it's wild. Spotify has decided that my tastes are so narrow that they will put the same song on my Spotify Discover twice just just by two different bands. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) I got a fucking... (laughs) Spotify, when they gave me my, like, aura or whatever, they were like, uh, your aura is creepy and happy. And I was like, what? Uh, Rough. Rough, dude. (laughs) Yeah. Then I looked at, like, just how many fucking songs I had that were about ghosts, and I was like, okay, okay, I, I would have, I would have preferred spooky and happy. <laughs> it was probably spooky. I think. It was <laughs> I think I was. Uh, that was uh, the projecting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, Anywho, I like the song and the dress. Uh, next up, we've got weekend update. Very good. Listen, solid. There were solid jokes. We got a sol- We got a great, great Jost roast. An excellent Jost roast about the Gilded Age. <laughs> Fun tidbit: uh, my fraternity's my fraternity house from college. HBO filmed there for the Gilded Age. Because they filmed, they filmed all throughout Troy, and if you, like, just look at the, if you specifically, Connor, and anyone else who went to RPI (laughs) and hung out in downtown Troy, if you watch the trailer for the Gilded Age, all of the outdoor shots, you're like, oh, that's 3rd Street. (laughs) That's wild. That's fucking wild. (laughs) It's the, uh, it's the old famous Gilded Age, uh, (laughs) Mud Daddy flag. Yeah, yeah, I was like. (laughs) Oh, fuck me. (sighs) Uh, also, Michael Che had a solid uh, Iraq joke, <laughs> where gas yeah. prices are getting so high, we're gonna have to move in with our ex. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, everyone's just on it today. Mm-hmm. Excellent joke. Uh, so I mean, weekend updates rarely bad, but like, well, yeah, because weekend update, like, despite despite how how hard it is to take to take all the stuff that the that like the daily show and the late night shows all have already worked with for a full week and as hard as it is as to as it is to write original jokes for it it's still relatively easy compared to the rest of SNL cuz you're just writing yeah. jokes <laughs> yeah you're just watching the news and then writing yeah and, and especially since uh, uh last week tonight whenever it's on uh tends to just do not the actual news but well you know actual news but not the not the uh 
not the pop news that we'll be referencing, but uh, whatever the issue of the week is. Uh, and that's the other show that does visual gags as much as this. Well, there is also The Daily Show. Yeah, I guess. I, I, I'm... Listen, I guess I'm 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 thinking back to a time when they probably did less visual gags. Do they do more of them now? I mean, even when Jon Stewart was on it, they did visual gags sometimes. At I know, but not like not weekend, as overwhelming. Listen, weekend as update, weekend, weekend update really like set, I mean, historic lore time. Weekend update really did set the stage for Daily Show Colbert Report last week tonight, uh the Samantha B one, uh the Nightly Show, you know, all all of the other like, you know, f- like fun comedy news stories. Because they all, they all kind of have the same thing where they look and then they have, like, a little graphic right here that, like, helps yeah. with a picture to tell the story. Yep. But it's not bad. It's just, you know, Weekend Update is the original. And so, you know, it's still, it's very hard for them to write original jokes when there's five nights of late night TV that make jokes. Especially because there's four channels that each have their own that make it. And so it's just continually compounding on each other. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so our first guest for Weekend Update was Terry Fink. I don't love the Terry... I don't love the Terry Fink character. But it is... But he is always fun. Yeah. I don't... The actor that does the Terry Fink character... Alex um, Moffat... Yeah, Alex Moffat exclusively plays pricks. Um, I don't know if he is a prick. I'm just saying that the amount of... Uh, he acts in a way that uh, he must have done a lot of research for the role. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I I, <laughs> when, I I just I get a bad vibe from him, and I think that's unfair because he exclusively plays pricks. Um, well, yeah, his three like his three biggest characters are Terry Fink, who, like, not necessarily a prick, just, you know, whacked out. <laughs> yeah. A uh, guy who just bought a boat who is supposed to be a prick, because that's a guy who yeah. just bought a boat. And Eric Trump. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, all right, uh, yeah, listen, this is really going to sour how people view the man. <laughs> I, that's why it's it's completely unfair of me. I do not retract my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh but yes um he uh uh he only plays pricks um and therefore my brain uh labels him as a prick um and therefore i only wish him to fail um <laughs> that all said <laughs> that all said uh and also i never liked terry fink yeah i really liked this terry fink <laughs> Yeah, I think... I liked this one. I think it's because they really reined in, like, his, uh, his, like, acid visions for it. They reined in his acid visions and they focused in on the freaking out because I'm on television and and I'm on acid right now vision. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember when we did it, uh, earlier in the year and we talked about it, uh, it was, we were like, yeah, you know, but, like, half the shit that he says, like, come on. Unless he's unless he's taking like mac like macro 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 dosages. Yeah. <laughs> but, but also I, I, I but, but also I, I, I love the rating system. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's done it before, but like I he I just I liked it more. Yeah, listen. 
Alex Moffat is always so good at the, like, alliterative words, because that's the entire mm. point of a uh, guy who just bought a boat, Terry. and this one also gets, like, the tiny terrified Terrys, <laughs> such, so on and so forth. They had to, I- I'm sure this wasn't the first time that he said he needed to be carried out by Regal Cinema's uh, uh, strongest <laughs> teenagers, but if it's such a good line. Oh. <laughs> uh. So that's Terry Fink. Anyway, yeah. Uh, next up, we get Kyle Mooney as Dan Bulldozer. Dan <laughs> Bulldozer! His entire thing is that he's like an Instagram hype man. His entire <laughs> life is hype. Everything about him is dope. He's yoked. He write, he's writing a book because it's so easy. Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I don't know. It's a fine character. I think it, they just wanted <laughs> to have fun with the voice changer. <laughs> the voice changer. And the muscle suit that they had. It was it just looking at Kyle Mooney in that, who once again, I didn't recognize as Kyle Mooney. Uh, <laughs> well, it's I great because he like, said, because oh. he said, like, Kyle Mooney stuff, but because he, like, looked yoked and had that voice modifier, it came out completely different. <laughs> oh, my God. Kyle Mooney is an Instagram hype man <laughs> stuck, stuck inside a comedy nerd's body. <laughs> I wish they went deeper into uh, the fact... Like, the punchline is that... Uh, hey, dude, are, are you happy? No. no. <laughs> I, like, I wish... I think there would be more fun things to do with, with, like, him writing... Just, like, you know, one of those... It, and this happens a lot in, a, in a, a Weekend Update, where, like, the story is supposed to be about how they're a hype man, but actually the story is about how they are deeply sad. And, like, we're trying to get away from the fact that you're deeply sad, uh, but we keep getting back to it. Or, and, like, or or the, dude, are you okay? No, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. No, I'm like, good. I, I think that's a richer vein. Yeah, I think I think it would have been cool if, like, after you, after you started writing, after you talked about writing his book, if, like, you read a passage from it and it was just, like, sad poetry, basically. <laughs> where it's, like, life is gray and meaningless. Blah, 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 blah. I hate the sun. Dude, are you okay? Yeah, bro, great. Never better. <laughs> like, perfect, perfect. Though, I mean, the line, uh, we could still have it in this, but the, the line, uh, uh, it's like, uh, uh, it's, oh God, what's the writer? What the writer? It's like Ernest Hemingway, but for dudes. Yeah. <laughs> like Ernest Hemingway, but for dudes. <laughs> oh. Uh. Anyway, yeah. So Dan Bulldozer was fun. Yeah, good time. Uh, next up is uh, the Game Show Network, Word Crunch. Uh, I think I think it was fun that Dismukes got the host role uh, as a uh, as opposed to Keenan, who normally uh, does the game show hosts. And you can yep. see Dismukes kind of starting to lean into that because Bill Hader also used to do all the game show hosts. So you can see mm. Dismukes starting to be molded for those types of characters as well. <laughs> Because he, yep. D- Andrew Dismukes is the next big star of SNL. It's gonna take. <laughs> is, it's gonna take eight years. Fan cast. Let's go. It's gonna. It's gonna. It's gonna I, take probably five to six years from right now. But then he I'm will so be. Excited. He will be the best. Everyone will love him. He is the best cast member. Then, you heard it here first. He's so good. He's so good all the time. <laughs> He does like he does like three cast members' jobs as good, if not better, than them. Anyway, 
Uh, so the entire gimmick of the game show is they show you a word search and you got to find the words. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah. It... And so, and so it starts off, you know, someone finds like Apple, someone finds car, someone finds this, and then Zoe Kravitz's character finds mom hole. It is, it's, and, and from there, uh. It, it does this. I think you should leave thing where uh, they uh, they double they down, the, they triple down, they quadruple yeah. down. Everybody wants to like. Uh, everybody wants to move on, but this uh, but this character is focusing on mom hole, and then eventually uh, it starts moving on from that, and the world starts deteriorating around the singularity <laughs> of mom hole, and all of the puzzles start having different kinds of hole and like all of, and then there's just like sex words up there instead and she's just knocking them down one after another the escalation in this is weird because like ending on a bunch of different like it, you know it goes from like sex words to like other things to like everything is holes to like then there's just bees and dad hole it's I don't think it's ever like a straight escalation, but I don't think it needs to be because every single separate element is strong enough on its own that like it's it's fine. It's mm -hmm. it's really it, def to... it definitely has its peaks and valleys as far as the energy and escalation of the scene goes. Where each time we yeah. kind of get brought back to a base level when the new puzzle is shown, and then we can ramp back up as people find shit, and then we can go back down until finally we get to the last one where it's just a bunch of bees and then the word dad hole in the middle and then a <laughs> bunch of bees. Oh, uh, what a, and what a fucking ending. And they oh, what a punchline. After the ending. Like, the, it was so, because like, <laughs> oh, can I say it? Yeah, just say it. I don't care. B. Oh, that's very stupid. That's because <laughs> Dismukes delivers. That's very stupid in such a like, <laughs> such a fun way. Like, <laughs> like it's like you're laughing at your own joke. It's like that was what you said in the writer room, and you just said it here too. Like that's it's. <laughs> I love it so much. This sketch, this sketch brings me nothing but joy. Uh, it, it's a solid sketch. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> cornhole <laughs> uh, oh yeah also um snl writers cornhole is a word it's true it's fucking, true fucking and listen i have a ton I of people i could have told you that mm -hmm. i haven't listen i know a ton of people who will fight you on it <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe not with words but <laughs> 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 they don't word too good Anyway, uh, uh, after that sketch, we get uh, Rosalia number two. Yep. Look at the song. I like it. Yeah. Weird costume, though. That one wasn't for me. Listen, her gear, listen, her gear for both performances, not, not, it was just weird for me, but. If... She went super hard, and I always appreciate that over a shirt and a t, over t-shirt and jeans, but like. Uh... I couldn't tell if she was going for a Virgin Mary look with the head, with like the head scarf, pretty much. Or, or if she was going for like a Marie Antoinette look with that puffy coat. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. No, no. Anyway, song Could've was song was fine. Once again, not in my oh, genre. I have nothing to complain about there. <laughs> yeah, different genre. I liked it though. And then we get our ten minutes to one sketch, otherwise known as Bo and Yang wrote a sketch, and they said, "Okay, Bo, and you could have the last spot." <laughs> and, and it's so good 
and it's so good. I the problem is that I I well did we could we could the the, the sketch is that everybody is at a at a at a dinner and uh, they're talking about new music that came out that they liked and Bowen says yeah but what about don't stop believing the marching band edition. <laughs> I, there, there, there are some very like solid things in this. Besides the obvious part, where it's just he, then he, so he suggests this. Everyone's like, "I'm not too sure about that." He's like, "Oh, let me play you some of it." And they're like, "No, please don't." And he does anyway. And then Zoe Kravitz's character gets really into it too, and like yep. that's the entire joke. And this is just basically like if you were if you remember the Weezer sketch from I don't know who was I think it was Matt Damon's episode when he hosted. Okay. But the entire sketch is Leslie Jones and Matt Damon, or whatever host it was, uh, just arguing about, like, when Weezer was good. <laughs> <laughs> and it just gets slowly but surely more and more, like, angry and depraved at each other. They're smashing glasses and stuff while they're, while they're significant others. Like, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> this is kind of, this has, like, the same energy where it's just, like, two people being really, really into something that nobody else is about. <laughs> It's so fucking. There's so many great lines. Like I, I mean, I, I, I said this so many times while I was watching this. I wish that this sketch was not a, a too weird. I, I don't know if it's. I don't think it's weaker for it. But everything in my heart wants this sketch to be, it, like slowly one by one, everybody is getting into this song. <laughs> uh, it was not that, but there's still. It still had the energy of that because there, there were those fucking lines. Well, like uh, my fi- where they're talking, they're just talking about playing Rainbow Road on Mario Kart Eight, <laughs> and then at the end they're like, and then it's just, this is just like being running down Rainbow Road in Mario Kart Eight, and then they both say together, which is where, where the, the song, song takes place. <laughs> there, there are there are some there are some very solid bits to this uh, as well, just in like in not even in the pure like chaotic energy of the sketch. But uh, "Don't Stop Eleven is the actual title of the of the track. There is an actual there is an actual typo on Spotify for it. Yep, typos on Spotify are so powerful. There was a one song called "You Told the Drunks I Knew Karate," and for years it was "You Told the Drunnels I Knew Karate." <laughs> and it was it made it it was perfect because it was about being drunk and uh, <laughs> and telling someone that you know karate. So I thought it was intended, and then they fixed it. Sad. Um, and now it's it, by the way it was so common it was in like it's still in lyric when you search <laughs> lyrics uh, it still has the title of that but then they changed it like cowards uh but uh on spotify when they change a song you keep uh the one that you had hearted uh, and then the one that you used the other one uh so i'm, I'm never unharding that because uh it's always going to be that anyway uh, uh also, it also, I think it's very funny that uh, he picked the the Ohio State University marching band because they because they are known throughout throughout the nation as the best damn band in the land or T Biddle for short. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so everything about this sketch, oh. oh, oh, I love it. Are you guys gonna hook up? Yes, but you're both gay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> where, 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 where it's like, but I thought you were both gay. And they're like, not anymore, but I am, and I am too. <laughs> oh, that's right, 
It was oh just it was just God. an immediate getting caught up in the moment and being like yes, and then re- and then like that split second of like wait no, no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which means neither of them is a modern woman, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh. All right. Uh, so that was all the sketches. So we'll move on to our awards. First up is offensive player of the week. Uh, this is someone who was uh, the weird person in sketches. They provided a lot of the momentum in sketches, kept it moving forward, provided a lot of the jokes, and was all around like a very strong performer that you notice. Um, you know, for the third week in a row, I think I'm going with the host, Zoe, Zoe Kravitz. Nailed. Nailed it. Any, any, every sketch she was in, she went hard. She knew what she was doing, how she was doing it. Just alone in the wedding in the wedding speech alone almost guarantees it because because eh, if you're not good at like committing and being able to say these things and be earnest about it this sketch will fail but it didn't fail yep. it was hilarious because she hits her mark she hits her words as hard as she can and then she has wonderful backup in Cecily there just being like you're right I did do that. <laughs> She has so much energy. She makes everyone in the scene better. She's she's a great scene partner. She's just she's she is perfect for this show. She did an amazing job. Uh, the last the last sketch in this would have just been another Bowen sketch. Another, it would have been a great Bowen sketch, but it would have been just another Bowen sketch. She elevated it by matching Bowen in a in that that's that's. What yeah, some of the at, best Bowen sketches are when somebody can match Bowen, when there can be two weirdos just going hard about something that only they care about. <laughs> and and she every scene she could bring energy like that and diverse energy too. Like she can be every kind of weird. She there's a the whole there's a whole gulf of difference between the kind of weird you need to be for the uh for the um don't stop eleven sketch and the kind of weird you need to be for the mom hole sketch and the kind of weird you need to be for the please don't destroy sketch. And she got all of them so hard. I so happy. Very good. Solid host. I hope, I hope she, I hope she gets another one whenever her next movie comes out. (laughs) I hope so too. She gets the Zoe Kravitz award for got exactly what she needed. Uh, all right, so we'll move on to defensive player of the week. Uh, this is someone who's generally going to be in more of a straight man supporting role. Uh, they kept they kept, they keep bad scenes from completely imploding. They bolster good scenes to allow them to thrive. Uh, Connor, do you have a candidate yet? Yes, um, I. Uh, it's got to be the perennial candidate, uh, Keenan. He. Uh, in one of the few things that I enjoyed in the uh, in the cold open was watching Keenan in the corner when somebody would talk about like their about like their weird TikTok life and Keenan just being confused <laughs> in the corner there. His role as the father uh, was an incredible performance. He he did a he did a great job and gave everybody like something to play off of and all of those things and always always did what he had to in a scene. It just, Keenan does a great job in this role, and he did a great job in this role tonight. Uh, yeah, I was between him, but because you, you hit him, uh, also, uh, the, just to, just to throw it in there, the, uh, video will sketch also huge. Without Keenan doing his part properly, it doesn't work. 
Yeah, sorry, that's what I was referencing with the oh. father. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go with a, a bit of an oddball choice, and I'm going with uh, Dismukes. Dismukes sure. is going as my defensive player. Uh, he, uh, his, his, like, gentle I'm learning in the Amazon Go sketch... Him, him being like, "Oh, we got a boo boo head over here in the cold <laughs> open," was solid. <laughs> and then the fact that his idea was just push Putin down a flight of stairs. <laughs> uh, the princess and the frogs get she gets an extra thirty seconds to just give a random Cajun <laughs> description of why Ray was hated. Uh, and then fucking he's the game show host in in the game show sketch, and you know that host is generally if if you host a game show sketch, you're in my book, you're pretty much yes. automatically a contender for a defensive player because that is a pure defense position right there. Absolutely. Even at the Absolutely. most, even you at the most, be a strong defense player. even at the most wild and like craziness of a game show, is you have to play it one hundred percent straight. This is real life, and there's nothing weird about this. Yep. And for that this reason, person, this is the worst day of your real job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's why uh, Dismukes is going to be my defensive player of the week. Very fair. All right, sketch of the night. This is just our favorite sketch from the night, the one that we uh, think is just our favorite. Generally, generally it'll be a good sketch. Sometimes it's not. <laughs> You'll never forgive me. I'll, I'll never. never back, I'll though. never forgive you. It's so good. I uh, think about it constantly. All right. Uh, so my sketch of the night. I'm gonna go with uh, wedding speech. I think. Uh, yeah, I think. Okay. I think that's just very solid. It's just good writing. All it is 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 basically a comedy monologue with with like a little bit of like support work from the other characters it really shows off our host who is our offensive player this is where she got the most offense in so so for me this is definitely uh my sketch of the week i loved so many sketches uh this week so many so many but don't stop 11 brings me (laughs) peaceless joy Everything about it is just a, and there's there's a lot of runner ups here. Like I loved uh, I loved the cat sketch, I loved uh, 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 I loved the uh, the Amazon sketch, but uh, Don't Stop Eleven has that uh, has that fucking energy to it. It's just it's just fun and nice and good. It also it also uh, fulfills the uh, like trope level of a ten minute to one sketch. It's got the energy yeah. of a ten minute to one sketch. It's got it's that's everything you want from a ten minute to one sketch. It's weird, it's stupid, and everybody's having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those are our thoughts for uh, the Zoe Kravitz episode of SNL. Uh, once again, uh, if you've gotten this far, please email us at billyhatemail at gmail dot com. Uh, we'd love to know what you think about any any of the snl episodes this season or just anything about snl in general if you just want to send us hasn't been good since the 2000s well we'll read it and make fun of you or just send something to let us know you're there and okay we're worried about you you never send us anything (laughs) uh all right everyone uh have a good rest of your week and remember uh support local comedy so long everyone bye